Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 78 of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts, Alex and Peter, to discuss a preview to this matchup against Arsenal. A good one, a big one. Let's uh, beat them by a lot. Beat them more than we did Crystal Palace with a 3-0. If we get a 3-0 victory on Arsenal, that would be pretty exciting. Although, as both of us know, or as the three of us know, we can't beat Arsenal for some random reason in the most uh, in the past few years. So we'll have to see what happens. I have to run through my 20 to one Premier League table list. And I want to give a little backstory to what happened actually, because I know it was just Alex cutting in saying, yeah, Josh is not here, even though I was here the rest of the podcast. So we had a, we were like recording on like a time constraint for me. I had to go somewhere. I think I had to go out to dinner and we were recording and mid talking during the table, like we were at 17 it just stopped literally like the recording just ended. And then I'm like talking. And then I think Alex and Peter unmuted and we're like, yeah, Josh, the recording's not going. Uh, and I, I was like, seriously. So then it just basically messed up everything. And I had to go and that, that's really what happened. But, uh, but anyway, I got to ask the question, how are you guys doing? And then we can get into all the news, all the previews, because there is a lot of stuff to talk about, even though we haven't, I mean, it's been what, two days, maybe. Uh, since the last episode, but still a lot of stuff going on. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good to be back. Hopefully this time you can actually run through the table. I don't think there's a time constraint this time, so hopefully we're actually able to go through it all without any interruptions, but knowing us and knowing this podcast, something will go wrong. Listeners are lucky they don't have to understand what goes through it. Someone's Wi-Fi cuts out, the mic stops working, I don't know, something always happens, but uh, knock on wood that this time. Uh, nothing happens but like i said good to be here excited to talk ahead of a london derby against arsenal uh, i'll save my thoughts for that for later i'm doing well as well um double well uh i'm excited for this weekend i hope we can finally win um obviously whenever arsenal seems like they're down in the mud they're gonna you know get relegated whatever else gonna go on with them they turn into prime 2009 barcelona uh, with Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, Granit Xhaka turns into 
Andrea Pirlo, like it's, it just doesn't go well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's just upsetting it, or more like Zidane. That's really what, uh, Jaka turns into when he plays Chelsea. And, uh, hopefully we do better. We obviously have Lukaku now. Hopefully he gets the start. Um, uh, maybe he's off the bench. Who knows? We'll talk about it in their lineup prediction. And, uh, some other stuff happened as well this week. Um, and, and one exciting thing that I actually forgot to, uh, write down here in our like little notes for the podcast is that Jorginho and N'Golo Conte were nominated for the UEFA men's player of the year, um, which is kind of, well, you, it's pretty much what it says is the man, the, uh, UA, the player of the year uh, by UEFA. N'Golo Conte and Jorginho, Kevin De Bruyne was the, uh, uh, Kevin De Bruyne was the third member of that list. And then for the coach of the year, Tuchel was also involved in that as well, uh, along with Pep. I believe, and I forget the other coach. Um, so Chelsea representing all there, um, and hopefully one of both of the Chelsea uh, choices get selected uh, and win that award. Obviously, the champions of Europe should win the UEFA uh, awards or should sweep the UEFA awards. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get discussing about Arsenal, get discussing about some transfer news. Obviously, we have that as well, and some uh, other news uh, like Christian Pulisic, Sadly, testing positive for COVID, so he's going to miss this weekend's clash against Arsenal. And uh, it's going to be a big loss, especially whether he's off the bench, starting, he's been playing well lately. Uh, He'll be missing this upcoming game, uh, and he is currently isolating. And Alex, I texted you, this guy cannot catch a break uh, when it comes to injuries and now COVID. It just, it doesn't get any worse for Christian Pulisic so far in his Chelsea career. Um, and it's an unfortunate event, um, of testing positive for COVID-19. Luckily, Ballistic is vaccinated and did, uh, actually tweet out, or I think, uh, Instagram story, I don't know if he tweeted out too, but I saw on his Instagram story that he is not feeling any symptoms, so he should be, you know, fine for the rest of his time with COVID-19. And it was earlier this week, so we just didn't update everyone until, uh, today when we're recording this on Friday. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate event. Hopefully Christian Ballistic will be okay. Um, but we have players to luckily back him up, and he did he did play pretty well against Crystal Palace, so it's unfortunate. But we got players there. We got the number nine, uh, Romelu Lukaku, starting for us in this class, so we're very excited about that. All three of us will have to talk about that in a little bit, but I guess we'll send it over to Peter, and then Peter, whatever you want to go to next. Obviously, we have a bunch of stuff here, so whatever you want to go to next, go ahead. Oh, we'll start by going backwards first, and... Uh, about the men's player of the year and coach of the year uh the other candidate alex that you weren't able to name was i forget his first name but it's mancini it's the italian national team's coach who was the third nominee but i mean still Tuchel should win that i mean i could understand mancini winning because the euros but i mean come on now Tuchel did such a great job taking us there and it was nobody thought we had any chance of winning it like at all so i mean i think he definitely deserves that and then men's player of the year it has to be conte dragino I mean, both of the, I mean, Jorginho, especially, even though you could say Conte is more deserving, Jorginho won the Champions League, won the Super Cup, won uh, the Euros, and was a big part in all of them. So, I mean, he's played his part in every single one of those competitions. So, I think, uh, I think, I mean, Chelsea should take on both of those awards. And moving on to Christian Pulisic, like you said, Josh, he definitely can't catch a break at all. I mean, 
every it seems like every time he has a good game something happens he like last season towards the end or maybe towards the middle i don't remember he like was he had a great first half and then he like injured himself like going up the stairs from the warm-up he he has a good season he has a good game uh last game and then he gets covid uh luckily like you said he's feeling better but i mean it's just crazy how unlucky he is and i mean we're lucky that we have so much depth in that position that it won't hopefully affect us. But I mean, like Alex said, I mean, even if he doesn't start his ability, his dynamic, like just how dynamic of a player he is and how dangerous of a player he is off the bench is going to be missed. Uh, but hopefully he's, he's feeling okay. Hopefully he gets better soon. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we'll miss him, but hopefully I think Ziyech uh, was back in training. I think there were pictures of him back in training. So, I I mean, as much as you don't want to say it, I mean, it's kind of like a switcheroo, which you, because you never, you don't want that to happen. You don't want players to get injured at all. But I mean, luckily, we're getting someone back to kind of replace him. Yeah. And also, N'Golo Kante back in training as well. So, that's important. Obviously, we don't have much depth in the center of midfield there. Uh, so, making sure those three main guys are healthy is going to be important for this team throughout the season. And uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor Chalaba is also set for a contract extension. Uh, a loan move has been uh, put aside. It's off the table, and he will be staying with Chelsea this season. Uh, so that's exciting for him. And uh, speaking of some central defenders, uh, we've got some transfer news here. Um, first, from Fabrizio Romano, done deal. Alaves have completed the agreement with Chelsea to sign American center back Matt Miazga on loan until June 2022. Paperwork signed today, and here we go, confirmed. Uh, Chelsea and Alves also have uh, have also included an option to buy for Miazga uh, official soon, so there will seems be a, a buyout clause at the end of the loan deal. Um, and this new tweet here, Chelsea will decide in the next, or not really, it's new from a few hours ago, um, Chelsea will decide in the next few days whether to, or not to buy a new midfielder or not. Keeping an eye on Saul, he's considered a possibility, not advanced yet. Um, Atletico will s- decide soon about Saul's future. Chelsea are still working on Kunde deal too. So just because Chalaba's staying, it doesn't mean that the Kunde deal is not progressing, uh, which I think is a good thing because obviously Aspi, Thiago Silva, those two only have a year or two left in them. Uh, Rudiger could be leaving next summer. You know, you never know. It's always good to have depth, especially when you're playing with three center backs. So I think progressing with the Kunde deal and going through with that uh, would be a very good idea. And the final tweet here we have, Chelsea are looking to sell slash offload some players before uh, they make decisions on Kunde and Saul deals. Zappa Costa uh, is set to join Florentina in Italy on a loan. Uh, Bologna... Uh, are interested in Milan Sar on a loan, and Bakayoko is one step away from joining AC Milan on loan. Uh, and Ugbo, this, uh, the young striker, his decision uh, for his future will be made soon. Uh, event Originally, he was going to go to Genk uh, in Belgium, uh, but then there were some other teams interested. So it, all that's going to be sorted out soon as well, most likely a loan move uh, for Ugbo. And that's pretty much it for the transfer news. Um, I, I just want to know, Peter, Josh, what do you guys think about the Kunde situation? Because for me, I think we personally still go after him, but I think Saul is definitely someone that would also be very important to bring in because we need more depth in the center of midfield. Um, Jorginho, Conte, they're obviously getting up there. 
I, I think I think it would be good to bring in uh, someone fresh, someone new in that position, uh, especially for more depth, at least for this season. And uh, Kunde, I think, would be very important to bring in as well. I'll start on Saul. I'm pretty sure it's rumored that it's a loan deal, which I think a one-year loan would be perfect. Uh, we obviously sent Billy Gilmore on loan, so bring in Saul for more depth in that position for a year. Let Billy Gilmore get back. Uh, maybe wait another year, uh, then circle back on Declan Rice, see if West Ham's ch- uh, stance has changed to Shemeni. If we don't want to sign him this window, maybe next window we can come back to him. But I think... It wouldn't hurt to bring in Saul, who I think I think there's reports that he definitely wants out of Madrid. So bringing him in and just having more depth where we basically only have three players, where if one gets injured, having to play two players pretty consistently uh, isn't ideal. So I think that'd be a good signing on loan. And then uh, Koundé, I agree basically with what you said, where it's similar to Saul, it's just about depth, just getting more depth. It never hurts to have more center backs when you're playing in a three back. And like you said, the future's uncertain. Silva has to be getting older. Uh, and I mean, we wouldn't get Kunde unless we sold Zuma or, or we knew that Rudiger was leaving or something. Because if we sell Zuma, right, then we have Rudiger, Silva, Aspi, Chalaba, Kunde, uh, Christensen, which is just a good solid six. Uh, which I mean, that's just a great center back core. There's depth in case of injuries. There's young players that can develop even if they aren't starting. Uh, to prepare for when Silva and Aspie and Rudiger could may or may not be leaving. And so they could slot back in once they're good. I mean, I think both of those would be good signings, but definitely for Kunde, we'd need to sell Zuma or sell uh, some center back, maybe not Zuma. Uh, But so I think we should definitely target if we can get him on loan, a permanent deal wouldn't be good, but a one-year loan for so would be perfect and wait for Billy Gilmore to get back from loan next year. Yeah, Peter, I was about to say, like, there's nothing you can go wrong with six solid center backs in your, on your club, uh, three of them ready to start whenever, uh, and then the rest waiting on the bench for their opportunity to start, I think is, is amazing for Chelsea if they're able to get it done. Just like what Peter was saying, we're not looking at Saul as a long-term option. He's 26 years old, not saying that's old at all, but it's, it's a loan, if anything, um, to kind of reach us and, and push us up that Premier League table and, uh, you know, hopefully win the Champions League once again. Um, and then with, with the Kunde deal, obviously this man is our future, as Asby, as Silva is getting up there in age. This guy is only 22 years old. We sign him on four or five-year deal. He's going to be here for a while, or at least you hope so. So this man is our future if he signs with Chelsea. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so if, if Kunde is going to sign, that's the bigger deal in my opinion. I think, Alex, is what you were kind of asking for. Like what – or you were just saying on both of the situations. I would say the thing that's more – there isn't really a need, though. You don't need either of these players. The more of a want is Kunde. I want that, you know, like, I, like I've mentioned multiple times now. Uh, about a month ago, we recorded the episode thinking he was already at Chelsea, but he isn't. So for me, the uh, more important one is Kunde. I want that down and locked up for a few years so we can have Kunde already with Chelsea. And he's a very exciting young player that I would like to bring to the squad. And adding now him with Chalabo looks to be a good player. Uh, it'll improve our young players to come in when Asby and, and Silva are done with their careers. Two players to slot right in there. So that would be great. And then Saul is up there. If he wants to come to Chelsea, I'll take him on a loan any day. What I would say is I think Kunde on a permanent deal would be definitely very good. And Saul, I think a one-year loan, maybe with an option to buy from Atletico for $25, 30000000 or so, 
would be perfect, kind of like what we did with Kovacic, and obviously that worked out quite well. So something like that I think would be perfect uh, for this team. And I think if we can get those two deals done, um, that would be a very, very good summer for Chelsea. Um, Going on to Arsenal here, uh, we're going to do our lineup predictions. Obviously, Arsenal having a lot of transfer business. They've spent the most so far in this window. Um, Obviously, they're confirmed signings. They've got Ben White. They just uh, re or they brought back uh, Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid. They signed Aaron Ramsdale, um, and also they've been rumored with uh, Hassan Awa uh, from Lyon. Uh, so lots of players they're bringing in. They also brought in uh, who's the other player, Lacongo, I believe, from uh, Anderlecht. Uh, so they they've done a lot this summer. Does that mean they're a better team? Probably not from their first result. But then again. Like I mentioned earlier, they always play well against Chelsea. Um, so for my lineup, I'm going to have Mendy in goal. Um, and my back three, I'm going to go with Christensen, Silva, and Rudiger um, as my back three uh, for this game. Just just before we go into that, Alex, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to talk about it. If you don't, you can shut me right down. But do we want to talk about Arteta at all? Because that's a huge subject. Obviously, you know... Arsenal fans have been for the past year getting ready for him to go. They lose their first game in the Premier League to a team that was just in the championship last season, 2-0, not even 1-0, close game. It was 2-0. Uh, and now they're asking for Arteta to be gone once again. I know he he gave an interview recently, if not like a few days ago, like an exclusive interview saying that you know they're trying to bury us um, uh, to the club's critics. So I, I like I just didn't know if you guys have any opinions on Arteta. If you wanted to like get your thoughts out on his tactics as a as a manager, should he be gone already? Just from the loss to Brentford, is what he's saying valid? Should we be giving him another chance? Just just your thoughts on that, because I know that's been a very hot topic in in Premier League discussions. Well, I think he should have been gone last season, but that's my opinion. I'll gladly 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 have him at arsenal as long as he wants he can stay there forever he is not a good manager in my opinion his tactics aren't very good uh he doesn't perform well except for against chelsea which i mean maybe you do want to get him out in that case but i mean it's fun watching arsenal be bad and as long as Arteta is uh their manager i think they will be bad i just don't think he's really what arsenal thought they were getting when they brought in they thought they were getting kind of more more of a like that he obviously worked under Pep and I thought he would they would be getting something like Pep kind of like a Pep junior obviously with different tactics but they thought uh, it, he'd be like the person that could take them to the next level and he's instead bumped them down a level uh I mean but like I said if Arsenal want to keep him I'll gladly 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 accept the Arsenal keeping him because he's just not that good but in my opinion, he should have been gone last season. I mean, they've been struggling with him for a while now. He always has a few big wins during the season, which make all the fans and probably the board be like, oh, well, maybe we should keep him. He's showing some potential. But then he has these games against Brentford where it's a terrible result. So all in all, he should have been gone. But stay as long as you want, Arteta, please. Arteta in. Let's go. Ah. You know, I kind of have a different feeling from most people about Arteta. I think I you always I defend him all the time. I, I a little bit. I I wouldn't say 
Whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Got to go back to that. Not a little bit. We're, we're like, I love how Will's the mysterious figure on this podcast. You're always mentioning. Yeah, he is. We have to bring him on, Alex. We keep on forgetting. You don't want to because you don't think he knows enough about Arsenal. I don't agree with you. I think it would be funny because even if, like, it'll be funny. It'll add to the dynamic if he doesn't know, like, enough. But he's got strong thoughts on Arteta. So going back to why I'm bringing up Will, every time Will's like, I want him gone. I was like, whoa, back it up, back it up. He's a good manager. Um, so it's yeah, I, we have to we have to bring him on even sooner than later, especially with our, this Arteta news. Maybe next week. Maybe he should be on the recap of this match. Okay, so I I would say Arteta is a manager who is in the wrong situation. I think he's a manager who, like Pep, who has a similar style like Pep, but I bet you if Pep was at Arsenal, he would not be doing much better either because Arsenal just do not have the players to play how Mikel Arteta wants them to play. Uh, Granite Xhaka is not a player that is is good for Arteta's system. They're just There's a lack of hunger in their players. There's a lack of hunger and intensity from the board. I would give Arteta till Christmas, I think, is what I would say. I would say you got you have all these big signings that you're bringing in. See how they gel. See how they work. Maybe his results get better, that he gets the players he wanted to bring in. Personally, not a fan of what they did this window. I'm not sure if that was Arteta's doing or not. Uh, I, I mean, I like Odegaard coming back in or, You know, for the price they got him, $29 million, I think is a very good deal for that. Um, but I don't think he's a necessary piece where they already have Smith Rowe, they have Saka, they have Pepe. I don't think that's where they needed to improve. I think they need to pr- improve in that uh, defensive midfield role where they did bring in Lacongo, but I don't think he is the one either. And I think Thomas Partey from last year was just not a good acquisition for Arsenal as well. And they paid a lot of money for him. And obviously they need a goal scorer. Um, and Aubameyang has just been off uh, off for a while now. And to, if we're all being honest with ourselves, he's not your classic number nine. Uh, so I don't think, in general, they just don't have a proven goal scorer. Lacazette's kind of inconsistent. And defensively, they've always been shaky. So I, I think Arteta has part of the blame. But then again, you see people or managers like Unai Emery, who very much struggled at Arsenal, similarly to Arteta. And he's now at Villarreal killing it, right? You know, that team is playing very well under Emery. Is it because the players have more hunger the board is more intense. The you know they want to win. He has the players that he wants to play. I who knows, right? But I think Arteta is not a bad manager. I think he's just a manager who does not fit for Arsenal. But hey, wait till Christmas. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Peter's wrong. Who knows? And uh, Alex, come back for a second, just so you can run through your goalkeeper and back line, just to remind everyone because we we switched topics yes. for a second. Uh, so I have Mendy, uh, Christensen, Silva, and Rudiger. Uh, I'm gonna. I think Silva comes back in for this game. So no Trevor Chalaba. I I I I'm not sure. For I have a weird feeling that he doesn't start. I, okay. I don't know why. I. You, you know what? Fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch him with Silva because maybe oh. Silva's not ready to come back. Now I'm, you, you're doubting me now. All That's right, what I thought you were going to do. So I thought you were going to start Silva because I thought you were going to be like, oh, Silva's going to come off the bench. He needs to do that before he subs in. Uh, I have Silva, Chalaba, and Rudiger starting. I think we want to see Rudiger get another clean sheet in there. All right, uh, fine. Ch- oh, why Chalaba, oh Chalaba Christensen, Rudiger. That's my, that's my back three. You've changed my mind. Now I'm changing my mind. There you go. Okay. 
There you go. Um, speaking of Trevor Chalaba, please go to shipitstudios.com and then you can go to articles and we have a player profile on Trevor Chalaba that is up now about his early years, his loans, and now this past season. This past, like it already happened. This season so far with Chelsea, um, it was done by Peter. It is a very well-written article. Peter, congratulations on your first article on the website. There will be many more to come. And um, yeah, anything anything you want to say about that, Peter, before I guess we move on to the rest of the lineup predictions? Just a nice plug there. That was very good. Good work. But nothing else, really. Uh, I'll okay. just go on to my lineup. Uh, I have and all the talk of Shalaba, even even though after reading an article about him, I actually don't have him starting either, Alex. So I know if that brings you any solace, I mean, good for you. But you changed. You gave in. I'm not going to change. I don't have him starting. I have Mendy in net. Then I have Rudiger Silva and Asp across the back three. And moving on to my four in the middle or two wingbacks and two midfielders, I have Reese James finally coming back in. It seems like it's been a while because it has. But that's why I don't have Chalaba starting because I think Reese James goes back into the wingback slot, which means I'm pretty sure Aspi will play just because we want to have the captain in there. So he has to go back to center back, which means there's just not that many slots open for Chalaba to start. Uh, left wing back, I think Ben Chilwell will also come back in. Uh, I have no idea at this point why they're still getting kept out. Maybe Alonso starts again after a good performance, perhaps. But I still think Ben Chilwell will come back in. And across the middle... I have Jorginho will definitely start, and I have Conte starting, but I'm really not sure if he's fit enough after coming back. It's he, He's been training for a few uh, days, so he probably will be okay, and that's why I have him starting. But in case of in case he doesn't start, I think there could be something weird, and we could have like a Mason Mount in there with Jorginho. Uh, that'd be a weird uh, switch up, but I think it, across the back or the middle forward be Chuo, Jorginho, Conte, and Reese James. I would say that we would want someone defensive, no Reese James in the right midfield position. That is why I have Asby starting. I think uh, Kieran Tierney is one of the best um, players, if not the Arsenal's biggest threat. And I think we're going to want someone on the back end uh, defensively to kind of keep an eye on him and keep him in his place, I should say. Um, I guess a good term to throw in there. And Golo Conte, Peter, just like you, I, I'm questioning it, but I think we see his return in this match starting along uh, Jorginho. I think he's, a like Alex mentioned, a very good player as he is nominated for the uh, Player of the Year uh, from UEFA. So exciting stuff there. Him and Conte will be a good mix in the uh, in the two in the midfield. I can't speak. Uh, Hor- and then Marcus Alonso. I just said Jorginho. Marcus Alonso, I think, will work in this game just because Arsenal just lacks good defense. Uh, especially against people who are, you know, have physicality and good movement, and that's one of the only two things that Marcus Alonso possesses. I know speed is a big thing that you guys uh, like to say Marcus Alonso does not have, but luckily for Arsenal, he should be able to work in a midfield position only because, you know, we he he can fit against Arsenal. That's all I have to say. I don't want to like go on more than that. Mason Mount, Kai Havertz. I think they will be the attacking midfielders, and then. The forward, the number nine. We know he's starting. It's hashtag confirmed. Romelu Lukaku. I'm very excited to see him in this role. I think it's the perfect game uh, to start him against Arsenal and hopefully catch them while they're down, have them score a goal or two. Please, I would love it. It would be great. Um, And that is my lineup for this uh, match against Arsenal. 
So for my four uh, in the midfield or my two wingbacks first, I have Alonzo and Aspi. I think those two are definitely starting, no doubt about it for me. Uh, you know, I'd love to see Reese James. I just, for some reason, don't think Tuchel wants to start him in these games. I think he likes Aspi a little bit more conservative uh, for that position. Um, and in the center of midfield, I have Kava and Jorginho. Uh, Jorginho uh, I think they start. I don't think Conte gets a start, but I think he'll come off the bench. Uh, and then up front, I'm going to go Havertz, I'm going to go Werner, and I'm going to go Lukaku. Uh, that's going to be my front three. I'm leaning towards my as my front three. I'm leaning towards something similar for you, Alex. I think Lukaku and Werner will definitely be start. I think it'll be more of like a three four one two kind of where there's a Cam uh, behind Werner and Lukaku up front as a two. So I think Lukaku and Timo will definitely be the two up front. But then I'm debating whether. I mean, really, it could be Hakeem Ziyech, it could be Mason Mount, or it could be Kai Havertz. All three of them fit that role pretty well. But I think Mason Mount will start again, but he did have a kind of underwhelming performance uh, against Crystal Palace, so I think Kai Havertz could come back in. I don't really know. Uh, Peter, did you say it an underwhelming performance? I thought he was very good against Crystal Palace. He wasn't that good. I mean, he didn't really stand out that much. He didn't... Okay. I mean, he... he. It's not like he was bad. I'm not saying he was bad, but he can play better than he played, is what I'm trying to say. Um, okay. Fair? Fair. Okay. Uh, but, I don't know. It's probably between Mason Mon and Kai Havers. I don't think we should rush Hakeem Ziyech back. I, I'll just go Mason Mount. I don't really know. It's pretty much 50-50, and I'll go to my score prediction... It worked last time when I said 3 nothing, so I'll say 3 nothing again, even though it's not going to happen. It's gonna, We're going to probably lose this game because it's Arsenal. That's all I have to say. But I might as well go goal predictions too. Two for Lukaku. And let's go Mason Mount gets one. Two. I feel like that might be going a bit too extreme for Lukaku to get two goals in his debut. But I mean, it's Arsenal, but it's also Arsenal. It's a pro and a con because it's Arsenal against us, but it's also Arsenal who are just bad. All right. So for my score prediction, I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea. Uh, I'm going to go Havertz and Jorginho with the goals. Um, and uh, I'll have Arsenal, Emil Smith-Rowe scoring for them. Um, and that's it for my score predictions. Josh, you have yours real quick before we do the second half of our Premier League table for Josh. He'll run through the bottom half a little <laughs> bit quicker because... We, we don't want this episode to go an hour long. <laughs> oh, I'll run through it as quick as possible. You should time me on that. But uh, first of all, score prediction. As you know, I do not do the players. That's not happening. I, I That's disrespectful, Alex. Uh, do the thing that Mendy does best and take that away from him. And that's clean sheets, giving them a goal. 2-0 Chelsea win. Let's hope for it. I'm not going to give the score predictions, although it would be nice for Lukaku to slide one in. I would take it. Uh, okay, so 20-10, to 10, right? That's where we – nope, 20-11. to 11. And then 10 through 1 we do uh, in this episode. Okay. At number 20, I've, I'm literally – I'm sorry, but I missed this last one. So I'm just, I have no background. I'm not going to do any other information uh, on these teams, 20 to 11. I'm just going to run through it, and your opinions are your opinions. Uh, Watford at 20, Norwich City at 19, Crystal Palace at 18, Southampton at 15, Newcastle United at uh, 16. I was saying 12th because that's what they finished last season. Burnley at 15th. Brentford, I have them falling a little low. I'm excited about them. I, I think they could do well after being Arsenal. Maybe it's just because it's Arsenal. But 14, 
Brighton at 13, Wolves at 12, Leeds United at 11. And there there you go. That's how you do it. That's how you do it, boys. Um, and I guess I'll just run through 10 uh, and maybe go to 9 as well. At number 10, I have who we're playing on Sunday, Arsenal. Um, and I should tell you that as well. Sunday, August 22nd, uh, what is it, 11.30 a.m., EST, 4.30 a.m., uh, when you're watching in England. And, um, yeah, but anyway, I think Arsenal fall further than they even did last season to 10, maybe even out of the 10, the, the top 10. It could be a possibility. And then at 9 is Everton, close to where they finished last season. I don't know if that's a big one for you guys. Like, I don't know if you guys have Arsenal that low or lower because I don't know if you had them in your 2011 from last episode. I wasn't here. You let me know. Well, I also have them that low. Oh, I don't have them that, that low. I have, well, first I'll say record time, by the way, 25 seconds. That's a new personal best for you. Good job uh, for going through 20 to 11, 25 seconds, 25.4 to be exact. I mean, pretty impressive there. Uh, but my 10 to one, my 10, I have leads. Uh, you know, I won't. The episode's already long enough. I won't go through my usual spiel about every team. I'll just go through them this time. So ten, I have Leeds, and nine, I have Arsenal. Not quite as low as you, Josh, but I also have them pretty low. All right. So at ten, I have Everton. Rafa Benitez, hater over here. That's all I need to say. He's not going to be good for Everton. Uh, nine, I have West Ham. Didn't make many moves. Don't think they're going to be much better. They'll probably be worse, um, or at least get any good moves. And eight, I have Aston Villa. Uh, they made it a lot of nice moves. I think they'll be sneaking up towards the top of the table this season. And seventh, the mighty, the fallen, the almost deceased Arsenal uh, will finish in seventh. I don't have them as low as you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I have them seventh. They're going to miss out on European football once again. Oh, no, they'll actually be in the conference league. <laughs> That doesn't even count, to be honest. That's probably worse than missing out on the two Premier competitions because you just get you get so much hate for that because it's basically like you're playing against teams from like who knows where. Nobodies. But, um, my number eight. Yeah, that's perfect. There you go. You're playing against nobodies. Uh, my number eight. I have West Ham. Uh, my number seven. I have Everton. I'm more of a believer in Rafa Benitez than you, Alex. I don't know why you're hating on them that much. Everton have a talented team. Uh, so I don't see why they couldn't place that high. But I will say also, I think you said Aston Villa was eight. Uh, that's too high. Uh, they literally, I mean, you had time to adjust because it was after the first match week we're doing this. And I mean, they lost 3-2 to Watford and they got a penalty in the 90th, like five minutes after, like five minutes in added time. So it was basically a 3-1 loss to Watford, who I think you had finishing last. So, I mean, number eight, uh, that seems a bit high. That's all I'm saying. I have a system. I have a system. Don't worry about it. I saw through it. They just were struggling a bit, but I think as the as the team meshes with all the new additions, it'll be good. We'll we'll see when we go over it at the end of the season. <laughs> I, I might say I told you so. It'd be so funny if I come back to this and they place like they place. I think I had them eleventh. I'm pretty sure I had them eleventh. It'd be so funny if they place eleventh and I can say I told all you right. so. All right. All right. Fine. Um, Josh, did you do your eight and seven or not yet? I have not. At eight, I have West Ham. Obviously, they were staying in the top four consistently throughout the last season. They finish in, in sixth. I have them a little bit higher. And then I have Aston Villa at seven, and I think it could be a surprise to a few people. Obviously, they finish out at the top ten, but I think they're going to look good. They've, they've, do, they've had some signings. Um, obviously, are there uh, players better than the one 
Jack Grealish? Probably not, but um, they were able to sell him, which let them sign a few different players. And Danny Ings, I'm sure, is the biggest one there. Leon Bailey as well signed with the team. And uh, Buenda, I, I think that's how you say his name. I don't know for sure. Yeah, Emil uh, Buendia. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, those three players and getting them in return of selling Jack Grealish, I would say it's a pretty decent thing. And I, I can see them finishing seventh. So, in seven, there you go, West Ham, Aston Villa. See, Josh and I agree, Peter. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll see at the end of the season. Um, in sixth place, I have Leicester. Uh, I think they're going to struggle a little bit more this season. Will they be in the top four the entire season, then choke at the very end? I don't know. I'm not. That's not part of the prediction. But if it was, I would probably say yes. Um, and in fifth place, I'm going to have Spurs. Uh, I think between the top four and fifth place, there's going to be a very, very, very big gap. Um, and uh, I think Spurs are going to struggle. Whether Harry Kane stays or not, I think they'll be better than Arsenal. I think they'll sneak up uh, above Leicester. I do like Nuno. Uh, as the manager for them, and I do like some of the additions they made this summer. I-, I think they'll finish fifth. I don't think they'll be amazing. I don't think they'll be awful either. I literally have the exact flip-flop of you. I think Spurs will finish sixth, and Leicester will finish fifth. I just like Leicester more than Spurs because Spurs are Spurs, and that's all I need to say. I think anyone that listens knows what that means. I agree with you, Peter. Spurs sixth and Leicester fifth. Uh, Leicester finishes in the same place as last season. You know what I think? I think Pats and Doc is going to lead them to the promised land of fifth. Uh, that That's really what's going to happen. Watch the glows, the goals. I don't know what I'm saying, the glows. The, watch the goals flow in for him, though. I know he was from Salzburg, I think, uh, in, what is that, Bundesliga. So I, I think he'll be a good player for them. I know he, it was a pretty big deal, 26. I just had it open. Of course, I lost it. 23 million. Um, pounds so good deal and um or is that euros i don't know but whatever it is uh it's 24 million dollars how about that 24 million dollar deal uh for daca and i think i'll hold that in some goals for them on to the next two starting the top four the biggest ones and guess what the champions are that low yes maybe i don't know manchester city coming in at four jack Grealish. yes he's a great addition he's a nice ad but how many points is he going to guarantee for Manchester City? That's the question. Now, he's not Lukaku. He's not, he doesn't have the same impact. And um, I would say with Chelsea looking pretty good, with Liverpool you know, boosting their combo with the Virgil van Dyke and Man United also strengthening both ends of the pitch, I think that Manchester City, I think they'll slide down to four after being champions last season. I know it's crazy. They ran away with it last year, but that's just who I have. And then at number three, Manchester United, they finished second last season. Um, I think, you know, they've got some players there. Obviously, uh, the additions of Jane Sancho, Rafael Varane is going to help them out. Paul Pogba's still there. Marcus Rashford, he's obviously recovering from the uh, shoulder surgery of last season. Hoping he'll have um, some good expectations on that club. But four and three, both Manchester's, Manchester City at four, Manchester United at three. Peter, remember when I said, look, Josh agrees with me? I'm not so sure if that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, after that, I mean, I think it has to look good for me predicting them lower after that. I mean, I don't understand Man City at four at all. To be fair, to be fair, it's the Premier League and anything can happen. And Man City did win last year. Anything except for this can happen. No, I 
Mm, I don't want to no say shot. that because yeah, Josh might look like a happens, genius. Josh is going to look like a genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. He He's going to look like a genius. And I'm going to say, no, it's anything in the Premier League can happen except for that. And then when it happens, I'm going to look so stupid. Is but four to one that happen. big of a difference, though? I guess yes. so. Because yes. it could be close towards the end of the season. I mean, a lot of all four of these teams, I think, are very close. You know what? You yell at me now. You laugh at me now. We'll have to wait and see. It's gonna be it's gonna be a few months. So I'm pretty confident I'll be laughing at you later too. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> laugh at me for a while, Peter. It's August twentieth. Okay, chill out. All right. Uh, for my four and three, fourth place, I'm gonna have Manchester United uh, finishing fourth. I think Ole is just not the manager for them. I'm still not convinced they don't have that anchor in the center of midfield uh, that all of these other teams do. Liverpool have Fabinho, Chelsea have Conte, Man City have Rodri, they have Fernandinho, and Man United have Fred. Um, so I'm just not so sure about how that's going to go for them. I think that's going to be their downfall, uh, and I think they're going to finish fourth. And third place, I'm going to have Liverpool. Um, I think all these top four are interchangeable, I think, in my opinion. I think they could go in any position. Um, they're all very close, but Liverpool, they're back healthy. As long as they stay healthy, they'll have a chance to shout for the title. I'm just doubting that they will be able to stay fully healthy, especially with all these players coming back from somewhat severe injuries. Um, and usually some of them do sadly reoccur. Uh, hope, hopefully not for them, uh, but you know, this is kind of the sad truth about uh, a lot of these more serious injuries that happened to them last season. I once again, Alex, I feel like we're agreeing, but not fully agreeing. I once again have it flip-flopped, my four and three. I have Liverpool in fourth and Man United in third. Uh, I just think Man United strengthened more than Liverpool strengthened, but Liverpool's main strengths came from getting players back. They obviously got Van Dijk back. They're getting back to having all their players back fully fit. Uh, so, I mean, Liverpool, I could definitely see them up. I mean, like you said, Alex, they're all the top four are pretty interchangeable, except for putting Man City at four. Man City won't finish fourth. But besides that, I think it's pretty interchangeable. Uh, but I just think Man United have a better squad than Liverpool, though I agree. I could definitely see Man United uh, going below Liverpool just for the fact that they have to start Fred as that anchor, as that CDM, as that six. Uh, but I guess I'll go on to my two and one. Um I'm I'm pretty sure Man City will win the league again, but I'm just going to say Chelsea are going to win the league again because why not? I'm feeling pretty confident. Champions League winning squad that added Lukaku, one of the best strikers in the world. Why would I not be confident? I mean, against Crystal Palace, we played very well. I mean, the game at Ar- against Arsenal is going is to tell me if I think we should be. If we can beat Arsenal, I think we can challenge for the title. That's how big of uh, like an accomplishment that would be we, just because of how bad we've played against them recently. Uh, but I think Chelsea will finish first. Man City will finish second. I'm pretty confident Chelsea will finish in the top three. Uh, 50% confident they'll finish in the top two. I shouldn't be saying all this because the more I say, the more it could come back to bite me. But Chelsea in first, Man City in second. I have Liverpool in second, Chelsea in first as well. I usually don't do this. I'm a very not positive-minded person, very negative, but it is what it is. I think Ibrahima uh, Kanate is going to very much help their back line with Van Dyke. I was already talking about that earlier, but um, I think it will with Liverpool. I think they'll not allow goals. But I do think that Chelsea will be able to score more than allow more. And I think they finish uh, first in the Premier League. All right. So for my top two, 
Um, I'm going to have, this is a pending on a transfer. If Manchester City do not get Harry Kane, which I don't think they will, I do not think he will be going there, they will finish second and Chelsea will win the league. But if they do finish first, if they do get Harry Kane, I do believe they'll win the league. But because I I do believe, if this makes any sense, that Harry Kane will not go to Man City, I'm going to have Chelsea winning the Premier League for the first time in about three or four years or whatever it's been, uh, and hopeful or four years. Uh, and it's uh, exciting. I'm confident. I think Lukaku really helped this team. If we bring in Kunde, we bring in Saul, some of these guys we talked about, I think Chelsea uh, can definitely win this uh, league or the Premier League this season. And uh, I'm going to have them finishing first. And if I didn't, I would feel quite bad because you guys both had them finishing first as well. Um, so there we go. That's uh, our table predictions right there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. You can go support us by following us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Joshola29. Alex is on Twitter at Anorian23. It's a lot of ats, but it is what it is. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Five stars rating and or review. And we will see you for another episode next week. Recap recapping this London Derby. I can't speak. Recapping this London Derby. Um, Arsenal versus Chelsea. Chelsea versus Arsenal. But before we before we close this up, and I want to get both of your thoughts on this because we're we're both friends with we're all three friends with Will. Is it a good idea to get Will on the podcast for the recap? And yes, I know we're talking about this live on the podcast, but I I want to do it. I don't care. Pleading the fifth. <laughs> thoughts. I agree. I agree. I don't want to say anything because because <laughs> if fifth. I say if I say yes, it's a good idea, and it turns out to not be a good idea. I don't want to be the one to be blamed. We'll just and for context, Will is an Arsenal fan, so the reason we bring him on is for some uh, viewpoint from a different the other side, which could be kind of interesting. Also, have some banter, presumably some trash talk, depending on who wins which would be that. But I agree with Alex. I'm also pleading the fifth. No comment. It's up to you, Josh, whatever you think. How about the, if we win, he can come on. If we uh-huh. lose, yes, no. agreed, agreed. That, that, <laughs> that, that's what's going to happen. Yep. Okay. All right. So there you go. Will will be on this podcast if Chelsea wins, if they lose and all of our score predictions are wrong. There you have it. We have no Will coming on this podcast. We have three, <laughs> we have three depressed Chelsea fans talking about their team failing to succeed <laughs> against uh, Mikel Arteta. But anyway, now I'll say thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week for our recap of this matchup. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.